0: Welcome to the Quality Meat Scotland podcast. Industry updates and best practice to promote, support, develop and protect the Scottish red meat sector.
1: Hello and thanks very much for downloading this podcast. I'm Mark Stephen. With the level of uncertainty in farming at the moment, higher than normal and that's saying something, it's probably fair to say that now is a really good time to take a long, hard look at financial matters. Examine where you could develop your business and explore how to build in some much needed resilience. One way of doing that is by having a long chat with your accountant. Jane Mitchell is a business advisory director and rural specialist at Johnson Carmichael. She specialises in the agricultural industry in a Scotland-wide role. She was born and brought up on the family farm in Inverurie, and she still does the books. She spent 19 years with the Clydesdale Bank, ending up as head of customer banking at Thainston. She's on the board of ANM Group and also lectures at SRUC to agricultural professional practice students. Anne McPherson was also born and bred on the family farm at Blackford. She currently farms in partnership with her dad, Billy, and the family is very well known in the show ring. They run a herd of 25 pedigree Simmentals and a flock of 850 black-faced sheep. Jane, if you don't mind, I'll start with you. We think we're all familiar with the stuff that accountants do. How about the role as business advisor?
0: The accountancy part of being an accountant is actually the boring bit, and the business advisory is the bit that we find far more interesting, and not enough clients probably take take advantage of that business advisory piece, to be honest. We're also busy at this time of year trying to meet the 31st of January deadline for getting accounts and tax, but there's lots of things that accountants can advise a business. We are business advisors, so anything that your business comes across, you should ask your accountant about it. It's quite a lonely sort of profession, you know, the agricultural profession, and You know, you don't always speak to everybody about your business. Your accountant, your bank, if you borrow a bit of money, and your solicitor, they're the three sort of people that probably know your business the best. And they're the ones that you confide in about business issues. Do you think that
1: all your clients know of your role as a business advisor?
0: I would say not. Whose fault's that? That's our fault, I would say, taking responsibility for it. We should be more more transparent in the things that we can offer. The clients that we've got really good relationships with, the ones that we speak to a lot, which tends to be the bigger businesses, to be quite honest, they're the ones who know most about the business advisory services that an accountant can offer. But if someone's just getting their accounts and tax return done, they maybe don't realise that we do a whole lot of other things other than just accounts and tax.
1: Okay, Anne McPherson, tell me a bit more about your business. I mentioned the farm, but flesh it out for me.
0: We're quite a small family farm,
2: tenanted with various different tenancies, seasonal, long term, five years. It's all livestock. We, We haven't got the land to grow crops, so it's it's. There's not a lot else we could do here, really, but we're always listening to advice from Jane and others in our business to try and see where we else we could go with things. And it's always interesting to hear confidentially, of course, what other people might be thinking of doing and what options there are for us. So that's where, you know, I would say speak to people, not just other farmers, so you could find other opportunities that might be available to you
1: has your relationship with your accountant with jane changed over the years and if so why
2: to be honest jane's only been our accountant the last couple of years and before that we didn't actually meet with our accountant much partly i shouldn't blame my dad but uh, dad just handed over the accounts and then didn't want to know anything about it but since i've taken over it maybe i look into things a wee bit more and I'm more open to things just a generation thing but um Certainly since Jane's almost pushed me into discussions, it has helped a lot. So thank you,
1: Jane. How do you go about doing that, Jane? How do you go about pushing somebody into discussions, just just broaching the subject in the first place?
0: I suppose going back to what I said earlier, there aren't many people that farmers or any business people will discuss their business in a lot of depth with. And I always think that it's it's a huge opportunity for them because they don't get many people coming to them and saying, tell us about your business. When you actually ask that question, they love to talk about their business because it's almost been sort of pent up that here's someone who actually wants to know about my business because it's someone who's going to listen. And actually a lot of advice that accountants give to clients is based on that tell me a bit more about your business, tell me what you've been doing today, tell me how this last year's been. And it's it's almost unconsciously the client is directing you about the things that they want to talk about.
1: So listening ear is a good thing. I think everybody would agree with that. But at some stage, you have to become, you know, take that information and become proactive with it and start offering them advice back. Is that sometimes a difficult conversation to have?
0: Yes, and and it it really depends on the client. So I generally find if you tell someone what to do, they're not necessarily going to take that advice. But if you get them round to thinking it's actually been their idea, that tends to work far more successfully. And in the career that I've had, you know, I've come across a lot of businesses that maybe shouldn't actually be doing what they're doing because not all businesses are there to make money but there's there's a number of businesses who who can't even cover their living costs and to me that's that's probably not a good sort of place to be in if you're in business but if you say to a farmer look you're making a loss you really need to do something about this the general response you get to that is oh but farming's not very good at the moment and we're all making a loss and that's not necessarily always the case. If you turn around and say, well, you know, you need to do something about it. I think you should stop doing cereals, you buy your cereals in because you're, you've are you got too much equipment and it's, it's costing you too much and it's going away with a lot of your cash flow. Get someone in to make your silage once a year and that would be a far more efficient way to do it. If you tell someone to do that, they're unlikely to take that advice so it's talking through the numbers with them and we're the accountants, so we know the numbers inside out but it's it's asking them things like do you know how much it costs to make your silage every year and you're almost like leading them into answering the the questions the, the conclusions come to the conclusions that you want them to come to for their business
1: Anne are you listening to this and thinking hang on she said that to me <laughs>
0: Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> how, how has you know this kind of relationship with your accountant actually changed your business across the last couple of years then?
2: We haven't changed an awful lot, but it's made us more aware of just keeping an eye on certain bits of our business. Being in livestock, as you know, things fluctuate, especially compared to the last few years. Sheep has gone up and down, beef has gone up and down. So maybe it was just a bad year and next year will be better. But we're... More recently, we have been really keeping an eye on costs more and just maybe thinking about spreading things out a bit, not so many, you know, not all eggs in one basket sort of thing, just in case. So, even just discussing it with Jane, as she says, she can't tell you to change things, but talking about it gives you the idea yourself that maybe you should be looking at something else. You almost give yourself the idea just by talking about it. So, yeah, it's, it just opens up your outlook a wee bit.
1: I'm sure Jane every farm business you know must be different but again I'm guessing here that there are probably overarching principles that you can apply if you're talking about building in resilience to a business I mean you know what are those principles what kind of thing are you trying to do?
0: I've got a bit of a saying you know leopards and spots so unless you've got resilience and and you've got quite a successful business to turn that around completely is quite difficult and I always go back to almost like you know when you were at school so there's wee Johnny who was really good at maths and there was uh, wee genie she was really good at English and then there was you and you just you weren't very good at anything at school but actually you had a real sort of um insight into you know making a bit of money while you were still at school you had like that business sort of insight and what you tend to find is the skills that people have got if they've got those business skills to have a really good business irrespective of what the marketplace is doing or what the weather's doing they almost are successful just because they've got that built into them. In terms of people who who have, you know, maybe not the most successful business, but they want to have resilience in their business, it's, it's taking that business advice on, should I be changing my plant and equipment now? Can the cash flow of the business stand it? I know it's going to save me potentially a bit of tax, but if I've got to pay for this bit of machinery over three or four years, does my business have the cash flow to do that? And if I go and Change my tractor this year? Is it the size of tractor that my business really needs? Have I got a strong balance sheet? Am I making profit every year? Am I making enough profit to cover the drawings of the family? Can the family live comfortably on what the business is making? And don't chop and change, don't chop and change to chase the market. Again, over my career, I've seen a lot of people who their business isn't making you know, the profits that they want it to make. They've seen what the farmer's doing next door it is slightly different to what they're doing. They decide to change the way that they rear their cattle or they choose a different breed of sheep. The farming markets generally don't tend to follow year after year, two successful years in a row. And these people who chop and change always miss the market and they're eroding the resilience of their business. A lot of people don't know the numbers of their business and I know that's easy for me to say as an accountant because I live and breathe numbers, but a general understanding of the numbers in your business is really quite important. Gone are the days of 50 years ago when people farmed and they were always able to make a profit. Um, the markets were such, the costs of producing what they produced were such that they just always made a profit. And we're not in that business environment at the moment. So we need people to know more about their numbers. And we can help with that. You know, we're not turning people into accountants, but we can give people a general understanding just about the numbers of their business. What's your turnover? What's your gross profit? What overheads are there in your business? Generally, people find it quite difficult to increase the sales price of what they're selling, but they can concentrate on making sure that their costs are right and they're running their business as efficiently as they can.
1: Just out of curiosity, I mean, again, I'm always fascinated and talk to other people because they see different people, different specialities, see the world in different ways. Can you just look at a reasonably simple balance sheet and think, yep, that business is okay or that business is suffering and blah, blah, blah. Do you have to necessarily see the numbers in detail or does it create some sort of shape in front of you, almost like a picture?
0: Yeah, that's what I do. I'll have a look at uh, the first page of the profit and loss account and the balance sheet, and I'll generally have a fairly good view of of how that business does. If I want to find out a bit more, I'll probably look at a five-year period, just have a look at the pattern of profitability or losses of the business and I'll be able to look at the balance sheet and know you know how much price fluctuation how much weather sort of stress can this business suffer farming businesses in general their balance sheets are very strong um, and they're very strong for a couple of reasons you know a lot of people own land so that has bolstered people's assets sort of value. And the second thing is farming has come through many generations. There's not so many new farmers. So when you look at a farmer's asset position, that can be generations worth of hard work that's gone into that balance sheet to create that asset value. So the farming industry in Scotland is actually very secure for those two reasons.
1: And you mentioned earlier the fact that over the last few years sheep have gone up and down you know in price Th- things have been either very good or very bad depending on what, where you were on the graph what are the biggest threats to your business at the moment you know what is it you worry about most in the, in the wee smowers of the night
2: there's a lot of uncertainty you know with the whole brexit for a start we all thought it would be like doom and gloom in the new year but it's actually the complete opposite and that's completely thrown that's,
1: You've forgotten how to be cheerful.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, there's that too. But uh, no, but we don't. We're, we're just not confident that this is going to carry on. We'll make the most of it while we can. If we've got lambs that are ready to go off, get them off quick, sort of thing. But it's just not knowing what's going to happen in the near future. Never mind the long term. So, I mean, we're trying to look at things at the moment how we could spread out when we're selling lambs or do we want to push for all the one market but as the market's now different to what it maybe was last year what do we aim for nobody can tell us that at the moment I don't think unless you've got a crystal ball but um, the things that bother me at the moment is the uncertainty and just not not knowing where to go for answers really
1: you're not a big operation no I mean, and and your tenant farmers too. So, you know, what Jane was saying about you know, the, you know, the, the balance sheet and you know, and having the value of the land doesn't apply to you. So, how can you, with with limited resources, increase your resilience as a business?
2: That's the problem with us. I mean, I've actually got a couple of little part time jobs here and there, which supplement what we're doing in the farm. So, if we do have a bad year, then. I just don't save well we don't often save anyway but you know there's no opportunity for that but we can still live off what I can make elsewhere to an extent so that's my way of putting a wee bit of resilience in unfortunately most of my other jobs involve working for farmers so it might not be the best way to do things but um, being tenants there's very little opportunity for us to even go into all the new schemes that are probably going to come in with environmental measures because it's our landlord that has the say in what we do i know he would probably love to plant the whole place but (laughs) with trees but we're trying to resist that at the moment but no being tenants we are there's not a huge scope for change really just in what we this type of stock we have do we need to go more extensive or change the breeds that we have we have to look into these things quite a lot now I think it's
0: the time we need to look at it.
1: Jane in your experience are there many farms in Anne's position at the moment in Scotland?
0: Anne sort of seeing what she's doing you know farmers are resilient Uh, if there's a way to find to make something work farmers will do it and Anne said there you know she's got these other jobs to to make things work for her it's a question that I've often been asked how are we going to manage, you know, with all this uncertainty? We've got Brexit, and although there's no immediate sort of impact on them at the moment, is that likely to come? Are we going to see a change in the price of what we get for our products? And I always sort of say, you know, if you think back to all the things that farmers have had to put up with over the generations, no one has ever really stood still. If you think of what farmers, Are doing now to compare to what they were doing 30 years ago, most people will admit to the fact that they are more efficient. So, by virtue of that inbuilt gene that they've all got to survive, they're all doing things to make it work for their own business. And tenant farmer or not, there are a lot of successful tenant farmers. Their capital, yet, tends to be less than your owner occupiers. But if you're good at what you do, and you make a success of it the world's your your oyster and and you find that people who are determined to get to a goal irrespective of the hurdles that are put in front of them if they're determined to do something they'll find a way to do it and farmers are, are just one of that breed
1: how about from your side of the equation i mean i'm, I'm sure you know, the folk of Johnson, Carmichael, are not getting together at the moment. You're not going into offices and things like that. An awful lot of people will be working from home. But, you know, you must discuss it amongst yourselves. And there is so much uncertainty at the moment. You know, the responsibility lies on your shoulders as business advisors. How can you possibly advise when there are so many variables?
0: So it's it's down to accountants have individual relationships with their individual clients. And there's not really one solution that fits all. As I say, most farm businesses have got relatively strong balance sheets. That if there's a period of uncertainty, you know, where prices are not as people have experienced in the past and losses are created in a business that's never made a loss before, the businesses are strong enough that they can get through a couple of years. If it's 10 years of pain, that's a different story. And, you know, a lot of the discussions we have is where does your business sit? Are you in that top 20%? Are you doing as well as the majority of farmers? If you are in that bottom 10 to 20%, that's a really in depth discussion with your accountant. Because if there's going to be a period of mass uncertainty your business probably can't get through a long period of low prices and loss making trying to get the client to come to their own conclusion about should we actually still be doing what we're doing
1: yeah it's not an easy discussion to have but better to have it than not have it i suppose jane mitchell from johnson carmichael and anne mcpherson from blackford thank you both very much for talking to me today thank you And I hope you have found this useful and has given you some food for thought. Next week, we're going to be looking at the landscape ahead now that we're out of the EU uh, by talking about operational changes with Tom Gibson, Director of Market Development at QMS, and Jill Barber, Head of EU Exit at the Scottish Government. Until then, thank you very much for downloading this. I'm Mark Stephen, and of course, thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to the Quality Meat Scotland podcast. For news and to listen back to previous episodes of the podcast, visit qmscotland.co.uk. For Scotch beef, Scotch lamb and specially selected pork recipe videos and inspiration, visit www.scotchkitchen.com or follow Scotch Kitchen on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.